0: This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we come back to Belgravia for the next chapter. What from season one follows into season two, and how is this world doing in the time that's passed? Let's find out. Didn't think we'd be back here so soon, but Corey, it's uh, Belgravia, the next chapter.
1: What is going on? Not too much, Dave. It's it's the dead of January, and so the only thing going on is Belgravia, I would say. <laughs> is that a
0: strategic maneuver, do you think, on MGM Plus's job?
1: I mean, maybe, because there isn't a lot of new uh, programming out there grabbing people's attention, at least in like, you know for adults, uh, in terms of like stuff that's awards baity worth uh, watching mm-hmm. at the moment. So possibly that's part of their strategy. Um, it, it, it is strange cause it doesn't seem like there's a much, uh, ceremonious, like, you know, excitement around it returning. It seems like it's just as buried as the first show was when it seemed to premiere. <laughs> um, I, th- I think there's a general sense though of like Oh, oh, this is a continuation of that show that was on a few years ago that some people watched. Okay. Do you think that's why, <laughs> I
0: mean, I guess this really has no um, weight on the show itself, so it, we can talk about it now. The fact that it's Belgravia colon the next chapter versus just mm-hmm. Belgravia season two. Do you think that's an attempt to separate it from how lukewarm the success of season one was? Uh, yes and
1: no. Because uh, I think, um, it, I mean, just keeping the be- Belgravia name is a way of keeping people to, who liked it the first time to stick around. But very much watching this episode, it felt like something you could have ignored the whole first season and you wouldn't be lost in what's going on here. Oh, yeah. You, yeah.
0: I mean, it's a fresh and, start. And we, yeah, it's, it's definitely a fresh start. And I That's guess the show named it <laughs> Belgravia yeah. Fresh Start. Well, <laughs> I mean, only for some people. Take two. Uh, yeah, take take two for sure. This, considering the success that the Gilded Age has had, sort of mm-hmm. this this show sort of bookends the both seasons of the Gilded Age, because Belgravia season one comes out first, mm-hmm. then Gilded Age season one, then Gilded Age season two, and then this like sprouted up out of nowhere. Yep. So. I think, if anything, this needs to piggyback on the momentum of the Gilded... And I did see it. I posted in the Logic Grantham Lounge. My Fire TV promoted it first thing when the TV turned on. Belgravia, the next chapter.
1: To be fair, MGM Plus is a a sub-brand of Amazon. They own it. So they they have vested interest to promote it on you on your... uh, Uh, Amazon stick or whatever you're using there Dave
0: well in fairness like True Detective is like slide 2 so Echo is slide 3 so like Amazon is jockeying for Belgravia to be better but they're also it's up there against two of the biggest two of the bigger shows on right now so
1: right I mean it's either this or uh, yeah Reacher (laughs) you know in terms of adult programming out there Mm -hmm. I think that they're serving so different demographics a little bit
0: Oh, very much so. Although I think sometimes in this show you wouldn't know from the, the tone they take. Mm-hmm. So do you want to jump into this? Is there any news about our other shows? I know it's that. There is a fair amount. I mean, award so. Award season, right? So we have Yeah.
1: Elizabeth Debicki, she won at the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice for playing Princess Diana. She gave some really good speeches on that. They're also auctioning off. Uh, the clothing from the crown uh, since the show is concluding they don't have any use for it so Dave if you want to buy some of Prince Phil's clothes the the ball's in your court
0: <laughs> I mean you you say that to me like I'm gonna uh, I don't know no. if, if, our, hey, if our fans opted to buy us I don't know Prince Philip's outfit his sailing outfit I'd I mean, have to Prince buy a mannequin he- or something
1: Princess Diana's revenge dress is going for between ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars. So it's not impossible <laughs> to, to get something from this show. Uh, is
0: there a website for that? Because I would be curious to see. I mean, obviously, I'm not. Spe- I wouldn't spend more than a hundred dollars. But if you could give me like a cufflink that uh, Tobias Menzies wore, I would. Mm-hmm. I would throw seventy five dollars down for that. Well, it the auction begins February seventh. Okay, so we got time. We need to be on yeah. auction watch on February seventh.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a lookout for for the link to it. Um, but and other related news though. Uh, oh yeah, also, Gilded Age got nominated for the SAG and a surprise nomination. People were not expecting the Gilded Age to get recognized by one of these major, uh, you know, award circuit uh places and. Yeah, the Screen Actors Guild. Credit it to maybe the show having two dozen actors in it who may uh, influence the votes and have friends in the industry and it being a popular show itself.
0: Yeah, I but, mean, isn't that enough? Like, it's popular and it's fellows? I mean,
1: that's why something like The Morning Show gets nominated. No, no offense to people who are morning, morning Show fans. I hear it's up and down in terms of quality, but it has a lot of popular...
0: With the Crown. <laughs> we know for a fact The Crown is not hundred on the level of so many shows that that deserve it. So, so we,
1: we get the bonus of seeing the cast of the Gilded Age at the Screen Actors Guild all dressed up to the nines. And uh, just curious to see what they're going to wear.
0: Yeah. So we have two things to look forward to, right?
1: Yeah. And finally, Hugh Bonneville's ex-wife is embracing Uh-oh. the good, li- good, good life according to da- Daily Mail. Uh, since her split from Downton Abbey Star as she installs a $50,000 pound greenhouse to grow her own fruit and vegetables. And <laughs> literally the entire, <laughs> the entire article is just about her greenhouse that she is investing in. And then they include one picture of uh, Hugh Hugh Bonneville, uh, Lord Grantham, uh, carrying around a, a picture uh, in downtown so- Soho because uh, that's apparently where his new home is at. He, he's out of the house.
0: He's got his own little bachelor pad. Exactly. He, he's living his own life. Well, Hugh and uh, Hugh's ex-wife were sending positivity your way the best that we mm-hmm. can.
1: And that's all I got for you now, Dave.
0: <laughs> and we can talk about Belgravia. Let's jump into Belgravia. This is a lot to take. We had our little catch-up. Mm-hmm. And it basically is just to inform us that nothing is... is uh, there's. All of our old pals are, have just done what they've done. Oliver, what the hu- Susan... What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I thought there might be like, all right, because and, and, I know when we first broke... Not that mm-hmm. we were the ones that broke the news, but when we first discussed this, the the rumor floating around was that James Balassus was going to be... John Belassus. John Balassus, yes, was going to be a character here. And who's, we right. don't know that he's not mm-hmm. yet. But we do know that the only real people from the past that we know are Oliver Trenchard, Susan Trenchard and the, those two. His, his grandfather is, is referenced, and his p- painting is on the wall. Yeah, his painting's on the wall. <clears throat> so uh, do we, do we want to just jump head first in?
1: Well, what are, what's your general impression of this episode, Dave? Just off the top? What did you think of this new chapter? Next chapter, rather.
0: Well, I feel like this would—we're we're jumping the gun. This is something we would typically save for a little no, later. Just initial impressions. My initial impressions were: I'm, I was fired up to hear the John Lunn song. Yeah, it's it, great work. Um, very much a, a person that would help make the Gilded Ages backgrounds noise mm-hmm. come to life. So good on yeah. them for keeping the John Lun intro. I like that. I hate MGM Plus. Okay. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, us, that's great. But we need multiple users on the interface. Yeah. It's an ugly streamer. It's just not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you but, know what? I'm gonna let's, let's, I'll say it right th- right out the gate. What is this? You know, Ross Poldark had bad hair in one season of Poldark. Mm-hmm. Frederick Trenchard is a new level of. Who is the why? What do, what do women like about this guy? Yeah,
1: I clocked that too, Dave. It looks like he looks like a man who used an electric shaver in the morning. That that yes. beard looks electrically shaved, not not like classically clippers or anything. It's all too perfect.
0: Yeah, I watched that. I, I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I watched a Hallmark Christmas movie about a ghost from the early eighteen hundreds. <laughs> okay. And the one thing that I said was that this ghost has too good of a beard and i think it's because i'm I'm a guy who's had a beard for now 15 years Mm -hmm. that i'm we're men are clocking this i don't know if women are clocking that in the beard and the hair he's too well groomed to be this gruff guy that he is
1: that that it's too fine of a comb that he's using i know he's Mm -hmm. rich but it's, it's really fine that comb just circling back though before we go down the the drain on that did this show feel like julian was missing did you did it feel different to you
0: Uh, I I don't want to say it felt like he was missing. Like I feel like his fingerprints are all over it. Okay, but it definitely felt a little bit like, um, uh, like a style rip.
1: Really, I, I to me it felt considerably different than a Julian show.
0: Uh huh. Because
1: there was, I felt like the first twenty minutes. Let's just start with that. It just focuses on Frederick and Clara and their relationship. Whereas when we watch a Julian Fellowes written show, he is throwing story, 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 story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got to stop because he's giving me too many plot lines to keep up with here. Here it was all pretty plainly laid out. And you're going from point A to point B, this whole episode, aside from one um, discourse, uh, piece of discourse with the, uh, what is it, that child. But it's pretty much a straightforward story that we're getting here. And then I would also say it's missing a little bit of the sharp writing that we're used to. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there's no like barbs. Uh, we get a little bit with the the madame that shows up later, but it's not too biting. But we do see the downstairs uh, engaging with the upstairs. Um, and it does retain a lot of that whole thing about secrets and uh, parentage and stuff like that that was prevalent in Belgravia. But just the, the, the way they're unrolling it, it doesn't, feel quite as like an onslaught that Julian will throw at you yeah, <laughs> of, of story yeah. and plot.
0: And I guess, so I guess we can use this, your, your point as a, a kickoff. The first 10 minutes or 20 minutes, as you say, mm-hmm. we meet Frederick. He yep. meets Clara Dunn. And, and what within- we're going to understand about Frederick
1: is that he's a little bit Older, like people have been waiting for him to settle down and find someone. Uh huh. Uh, and it's hard, I can't find the age of this actor, but you can tell he's got a little, little crow's feet going on around his eyes, which is the clearest indicator this man's been around just a little bit.
0: Uh huh.
1: Uh, but so he just hasn't found the right person. He sees this Claire Dunn at a party and he's like, Who's that? I want to get to know her. And, and then just goes I was, boom,
0: <laughs> and they're married in 15 minutes.
1: It was funny because I was looking at IMDb as I was trying to figure out who these actors were, and I spoiled that she was going to be Clara Trenchard because she's credited as Clara Trenchard on IMDb.
0: Uh, yeah, she doesn't even get one episode as being Clara Dunn.
1: She, she is one and done. Uh, yeah, and, and so really we see that he falls for her because she kind of takes him for who he is. She, she, he seems to be a caring, kind individual. And so
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first thing that popped me was the fact that they're lords. Now, his grandfather was not a lord in Belgravia proper, I don't think,
1: right? Is he is he Well, no, yeah, not yet because his father hadn't passed, I, th- I believe, right?
0: Well, cuz you know, like they he does say later in this episode how he feels like picked on because he's the you know, the grandson of the merchant Mm-hmm. So, it seems as though him, Oliver, has capitalized on the success of his father, and we are now with Frederick, who has capitalized even more. Like yep. we're talking generational wealth. Like his kids won't have to worry.
1: Nope. He he buys uh, Clara some uh, riding gear uh, for horsing around. Yeah. Uh, and he's pretty much you know promising the mother that he's going to take care of her and everything like. He, he's the guy you know this is exactly what she wants and she's also a singer too good for him he, he netted a singer with a lovely voice Uh, and her father is dead too so it's another way he can just kind of step in to take care of this family too
0: yeah now there's a lot of uh, I'm curious as to what happened to Oliver and I mean we can get we could talk about we can mm. talk about it right now so so this is Oliver's yeah. uh, bastard child this is John Balastas' son Yep. So we see a few flashbacks of this guy having, you know, moments. Not, and I think this there's another plot point that that draws comparison, in my opinion, to Queen Charlotte's treatment of King George, where mm-hmm. uh, there's some secret past, as we already discussed, secrets are a thing, uh, where where it's being held as a thing that is keeping this person back, and it seems as though. Oliver, as we as we him in Belgravia, raises this kid as his own, but we see that he does have a biological other son, that is revealed about halfway through the episode, and mm-hmm. Oliver makes no bones about it that he hates Freddie.
1: No, Freddie doesn't like Oliver,
0: or not yet. No, Oliver does not like Fred. He says you are got you. Oh, oh you're
1: talking way. about the father and the son. I thought you were talking about the yeah. brothers hating each other. Yeah, no, no. no So no. just to run it back, uh, we see flashbacks throughout this episode. I was surprised to see, yeah, Oliver's face again, but he's th- thwacking his boy. And so we get a brief uh, glimpse of that when he's staring at his father's portrait up there. And uh-huh. then we see it again when he's trying to consummate the marriage uh, with Clara in the bedroom He's 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 up and up in there. He's, he's in canon. and out. <laughs> Yeah. Because because all of a sudden Oliver uh, appears in his brain and is just like, I can't do it. He can't do it. Uh, and then he has to apologize and everything. Um, it's funny too, because like the, the, he he does the. Doesn't seem like he they finished whatever they're doing. He kind of turns over in bed and is laying there for a second. He's like, I got to get out of here. This yeah, is if not he finished good. what
0: he was doing. He was very discreet about it, which is probably not healthy.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he apologizes to her. Uh, he even gets her a nice uh, necklace later in this episode, too, as almost like a form of apology for it. Uh, but yes, Dave, he, he, we see more flashbacks that his father resents his uh, bastard child. Uh, pretty much just calls him trash to his face that no one will he, he's unlovable no one will ever love him uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and there's even a scene later in this episode where where we see the full context of why his dad was slack flacking him he, he huh. he's playing swords with the, his brother uh, and then Susan you know chides uh, Oliver to say play with your other son play with Freddie and he's like fine what <laughs> <laughs> I <I'll laughs> well, whoop him up. Not- I'll teach him yeah, it's not funny, but at the same time, this Oliver, we know him from the last season, is a bit of a dunce. He's a loser. He should not have this kind of hold over anyone. He doesn't deserve it. He's trash. Uh, yeah,
0: and, and the impression that we were given at the end of Belgravia was that the best plan of action for Oliver was to let him be a debutante and live his life. and And the assumption was he would be happy. Granted, we knew yeah. this before. We knew Susan was pregnant with with Balazs' baby, but mm-hmm. this dude is not happy. I guess there's right. some people that you just can't give them what they want and they're going to be okay with it.
1: Because it definitely seemed like he was going to turn over a new leaf, give it a go, because all he wanted was Susan to love him, but apparently that wasn't enough. You know. Now, do you think uh, if
0: Fellows had the opportunity to write a sequel book or a season two that Oliver would have been fleshed out and more human, or would he just become effectively uh, abusive father via two flashbacks and a caricature of a bad man. I think given how kind of flatly written he was in the
1: first season, two-dimensional as being this oath, I think this is the right trajectory for his character because it's like, oh, he's he's just frustrated at everyone else and acting out because he can't be happy with himself. But I think if Julian had written it, he probably would have added some more depth but then again we who knows we may find out more about the situation than we already know.
0: Part of me hopes that we don't. Okay. Just because I feel like this is a, the next chapter like mm-hmm. you You're not we're, we need to move on. We need to forge mm-hmm. onward. Yeah. The only person it- I want run around is Evil John Balassis in the shadows. I want to see him like Gollum. <laughs> like I want him to pop up and disappear.
1: Yeah and so just tying up this whole thing with the, the parentage and the, the siblings so he has his brother Reverend James right yeah. and we see him uh, giving a sermon I, I think it's Clara's sister who attends it yeah Emily and Emily and she is like humming a humming, a, humming a, who is this man here I'm hot for preacher and you know she's just kind of hanging around she sees him later in the episode and she, she was like who are you I'm James Treacher." Ever heard of me? And she's like, wait, I'm Emily Dunn. Uh, I'm the sister of y- your brother's uh, <laughs> wife. What a small world. Um, I feel
0: like we just leapfrogged like the whole episode to get to this
1: scene. No, we'll circle back around, though. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing is, it's clear that he is not a part of uh, Frederick's life. We even see a moment where uh, Reverend James goes to leave a package as a congratulations on the marriage at his residence and Frederick Frederick is just watching from across the street. <laughs> he doesn't want to yeah. interact with him at all. Now that's uh, a fellow's
0: move. Fellows likes a guy standing a stone's throw away just not acting.
1: Mm-hmm. Not at all. Uh, and so, yeah, Frederick, he is pretty much on the outs with his brothers, not involved. But the thing is, here, is they don't hint at this in this episode that frederick is the bastard and james is the rightful probably heir because of the bloodline uh-huh do you think they're gonna play that card as if it's gonna be a big reveal this season or is it something like well if you know you know and you're all the better for it and if you don't know we got something in store for you how do they play that out
0: i really don't know how this could go mm-hmm. like and and I, this is another thing coming off the heels of uh our boy Reverend Forte in Gilded Age Mm -hmm. we just had a noble priest nice guy having a storyline that winds up with his widow being left with a fortune that he wasn't all the way in on having so Mm -hmm. we do see him preach about you know sort of standard issue uh, sermon about how you know material goods are, are are causing people to prejudge each other yeah and So part of me thinks that he is altruistic enough to not want to be the heir of the Balassus, or the Oops Balassus, of the (laughs) Trenchard fortune, but who's...
1: Are are we fancy booking this all the way out that there's something where we find out maybe Freddie knows the truth about James Trenchard and his blood, and then... They'll come, they'll, they'll come together when James says, I don't want the money because you're my brother. You can keep it. And then it was all a misunderstanding all along, and then there'll be a happy family again. Is that shooting our shot is, too far here? Do you
0: think that might be why they spend so much time saying that he continues to work in spite mm-hmm. of being generationally wealthy, that he, his family Turner's taught own. him to work? Do you think, so, because we see in the flashback with the thwacking of the sword and shield, mm-hmm susan his legitimate mother says to him that never cry never allow yourself to be vulnerable and and just be strong yep so maybe that's how he is maybe susan basically said work hard because you know there's a world well also we don't we don't know we have not been told outright that susan and oliver are dead right
1: uh, I think they mentioned that Oliver has passed, but I, I don't know about Susan. Um, I don't know because I, mean, we'll I know he he inherited the home from I think he inherited yeah the from his father yeah yeah. But the the one last piece we'll, I'll say about the whole Oliver of it all is the last thing of this episode we see <clears throat> is Frederick throwing um like a pendant of the cross the gift. shield. Uh, it's like why would he have the cross shield as like any like why would that be like a thing of significance given to him in any context like why would people know about this Well, <laughs> like, must this be like the family seal incident.
0: or the family uh maybe shield or whatever it's called just seems a little bit
1: crass considering it's tied to horrible memories that have scarred him for life yeah well i think uh, this
0: all ties back to how he was raised and Mm-hmm. And and if he's told not to cry, he probably doesn't confide in his little brother that he feels jealous. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, and this is fantasy booking the whole season. I think we end the season with the Reverend and Freddie on agreeable terms, and some sort of we'll forgiveness see. having occurred. We'll see. We'll see. But, but let's let's let's, p- let's jump backwards, mm-hmm. and let's talk a little bit about Clara and her sister and her mother. Yeah So we we see Clara As sort of this wide-eyed Pretty You know Pretty much standard issue Romantic lead Mm -hmm. And Emily Despite also being young and pretty Is just a bump in the road Yep And they have no money to their name They have status But they're not really Father's gone, man Yep Dead dad And Every during this whole courtship sequence, we're just painted this picture that Emily is a, a pain in the butt. She thinks just that a bit. Freddie's full of himself and egotistical, and she doesn't think it's good. But Clara is obsessed with him. She thinks this yeah. is great.
1: He, he's shown a liking to her, and he, he does seem kind, especially up front. You know, with giving her stuff and coming to visit the family. He, he sounds like he just seems like an okay guy.
0: No, at so, first I thought he was love bombing her. He is a little bit. He is definitely, but this—the turnaround is so fast that mm-hmm. it seems like it worked. <laughs> there, ne- yeah, there seems to be no backlash for, you know, like if if his love language is gift giving, he never seems to reveal that like he's terrible at the other stuff. Aside from words being uh, vulnerable, which. Mm-hmm. I think will again be hopefully his character arc is that he grows as a man, but
1: right because because the funny thing is he's carrying on a lot of traits of his father's where he's very weak. So we see a scene early on where Claire and him are having dinner, and a portrait artist comes up and says, "Oh hey, I, I took a picture of you. Look," and, and it's almost like a, a street artist when you're walking down the street, like, "Hey, picture," <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and this is on their she, like honeymoon
0: or you know their wedding, yeah. Night
1: she happily accepts it and he's like you know there's a ploy right you know I have to give him some change here and she's like i just want a nice picture oh i'm sorry but it's the first sign of him almost trying to control who can you know inter- interact with her or can make eyes at her and stuff cuz i think he's too insecure with his position to accept it yeah that and to he Im-
0: he immediately apologizes and says he has yes. a he, he's a jealous man and right he's
1: aware of these things
0: and i think that's where I, where he has that uh ability to grow is that he is yeah he owns it that does i mean again owning your emotional shortcomings is not an excuse to be irresponsible so Mm -hmm. he definitely has his moments later throughout the episode like he said they go to consummate the marriage and he leaves abruptly who's to say whether or not the act had been completed but he's she's shocked that he won't sleep there and the next morning, they have this gorgeous shot of this, you know, water and mountains. And he tells her, he's like, look, I've got a lot of things that I haven't wrapped my head around, basically. And it impacts my performance. I have to be honest. I just
1: can't get it done all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I got to go quick and I can't hang around. Sorry. I need my own trying. bed. And she's like, Tell- I need to know what's going on. And he's like, yeah, maybe. See ya.
1: Yeah, we'll work on this. Um, but yeah, there's moments where he introduces her a new maid. She had no say in who her her attendant maid would be and he, he's like, oh man, I messed up again. I did it. I should have consulted you. I'm a dummy. Uh, she goes for a walk and then he, she tells him this and he's like, why didn't you get a carriage? You know you can afford a carriage now. Ah, I did it again. You, you can walk. Ah, huh? what is wrong with me? Um, But by the end of this episode, there's a, Incident that happens where he can't walk it back, and I think we need to set it up just a little bit. And you're talking really, uh, about this episode yeah.
0: does like fly for 52 mm-hmm. minutes. It really does sort of like tell its story. Boom, let's move yeah. to the next thing. So we're at a part. We see them wheeling a safe into a house, and they're like, "Oh well, that's uh, a- we're gonna butcher this pronunciation. This is the Mar Marquise de etegna. We'll just call it Marquise. She's T- gonna be here."
1: Yeah. Marquis, yeah.
0: Yeah. And she... French.
1: Rich. Widow. Mm-hmm. One of the richest women around. And she has a staggering range of investments.
0: Yeah. And we see this in a scene where um, Freddie's shooting pool with his, one of his boys. Freddie also hangs out with like exclusively old men. So...
1: <laughs> I mean, he likes to surround himself with, you know... Uh, people who get the job done. Kind of like his uh, like uh, his grandfather, who liked to kind of accommodate, put himself around people mm-hmm. of influence because it gives you power. So we go to a party. This mm-hmm. woman is holding court. She is the new queen well, of town. You need to run it back. I'm sorry. You're jumping ahead just a little bit. Because the one thing we see about, as you were saying earlier, Freddie is really invested in his business and really trying to make his own means and stuff. And so his... Uh, his partner is talking to him about a small investment. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of taking a, a double look at it. Um, but I think it's tied to railways, right? That That's what he's looking at investing in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he has a, he yeah, has a
0: conversation like, with the Marquis about, about investing in railways. Right. Later on, too.
1: That's what I mean. Because his partner, Ross, is saying, like, yeah, you need to do that. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why he's interested in talking to Marquis because she's one who's made a lot of investments. So maybe she has some some insights. And that's where she tells him, Yeah, I don't, I don't deal with railways because, uh, those are usually, uh, money losers and just bad investments. You know, which is kind of funny considering we just went through all that in the Gilded Age.
0: It seems, um, it, I feel like there, there could have been some, uh, padding in time between this and the Gilded Age for some of these similarities to not seem so fresh.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's just really trying to pick her brain for some for, for some information. But she's just there, I think, just kind of... She, she is the closest we get to, like, a Dowager Countess or an Agnes, so, someone who's just kind of there to just take shots at yeah, everyone because she's got the money. Or an
0: old lady Queen Charlotte. She's just lived it. She's seen it. Mm-hmm. She just She's I, there for a good time.
1: The story she tells is pretty funny about, like... It's not the French Revolution, is there? There's, like, something with the war going on. And... She has people break into her house, she says, and she offered them wine and they just got drunk and she left. <laughs> so she was never mm-hmm. at risk or anything. They, they and then she just nice paid wine. people
0: off and maybe beat a couple people up and got to England.
1: Yeah, it was kind of charming hearing her tell that story. And we even see her light a cigar with just a candle in the room. Yeah.
0: Well, she does the thing that, you know, any any sort of alpha foreign female does, which is uh, vaguely flirt with a female character. Mm-hmm. And she sees Clara, and she's like, "Well, who are you? Let me get a yeah, piece of that."
1: Baba boom.
0: <laughs> and then Clara's like, "Well, I'm a uh, trenchard, and it's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. okay." And Six then weeks married. But their neighbors, they,
1: she says, she makes yeah. them like, "Oh, we live close to each other.
0: We got to be friends." Yeah. And and
1: like an alpha, walked, though,
0: he he walks in, and they make a wise crack about him. She says, I've
1: been talking about, we've been talking about you, which is not true. They had not been talking about him, but Mm -hmm. this is the most insecure man in the world right now. So if he thinks people are talking about him, his ears are ringing.
0: Yep. And then they get home and he is not having it.
1: Well, because it's this brief exchange where she asks Clara, so has the marriage met expectations? And she's like, oh, you hesitated to give an answer. (laughs) Obviously, something right there. Not my problem. And then she remarks to uh, Frederick. You must pull up your socks, which is a way of saying, like, get it together, brother. Yeah. <laughs> she, don't, she ain't going to be happy. And that just lights him on fire. He is crushed by that, and he blames it all on Clara. And incites and, and that the marquee is very important to him. How could you embarrass me? This is all on mm-hmm. you. This ain't me. This is you. Uh, yeah. And this really just shows he's a dumb man. <laughs> he, he He really has no wavelength to really have understanding here for what just happened
0: well he's i mean i think ultimately and i feel like the one thing i kept thinking in my head this whole episode was like these people all need therapy they all just need to talk about what's going on because Mm -hmm. he's insecure because of the way he was raised he's insecure because of his dad yeah like his loser dad i don't don't think i don't dislike freddie i think he just needs to lock it down he needs to talk to somebody and i think there's a character that we might get to do that. We'll see. So but what happens is wait, at the end wait, of though, fight, he
1: he seems like the kind of guy though, if you were to call him Freddie, he'd be mad. He wants you to call him Frederick. He's he's mm-hmm. disrespected if you call him Freddie. He's that kind of like thin kind of guy.
0: Well, I'm gonna keep calling him Freddie. Okay. Alright. <laughs> so we see they have this argument. Mm-hmm. Clara's like, I need to go for a walk. He's like don't, I'm sorry. Like, She's in, already in, retired
1: in, to bed too. She's already yeah. gone to her bedroom,
0: and she starts walking. He starts following her, trips and falls down the stairs.
1: I mean, the carpet in these old the, the carpets in these old houses, man, they are made to be tripped on. They did not always get those things down clean. It was bound to happen with a dress like that.
0: Mm-hmm. That late at night. Yeah. Yeah. So they call over Doctor Ellerby who we met earlier in the episode. And we can circle Whoa. back to that. Yeah. He comes and I really thought because Belgravia season one has a pretty intense first episode Mm -hmm. where Sophia Trenchard dies. Right. Now, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, is she going to be like brain dead? Because she has a huge bump on the head. But she she barely falls. Like, whoever, whatever stunt performer they had, clearly this show does not budget for stunt performers because. Did not look like an intense fall. (laughs) Yeah. But she's, this doctor's like, is everything okay? And Mm -hmm. uh, the maid, Davis, said, is like, it's not what you think. Trust me, I saw it. She just fell. Yeah. And that's where we leave that. But like, what in my head, I'm like, are they going to really put her in a coma or make her like unable to walk?
1: they already do the thing too, where Ellaby, uh, yeah, the doctor Elby is like checking her like abdomen, and stomach to make mm-hmm. sure everything's okay there, because mm-hmm. who knows if she's pregnant or not. Um, but I, yeah, rough to to start off with. Um, yeah,
0: thank. I mean, I I think I have high hopes because the way that Mrs. Dunn talked about Clara, I don't think she's gonna get tortured for nothing here. I think this might be like Queen Charlotte, like we're right. gonna find the good in Frederick, Freddie. And we're gonna get there by the end. Granted, he doesn't have; he's not mad. Freddie's not mad like the King and in, in Queen Charlotte.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing I'm wondering too is: is there any interaction at all with like uh, his cousins? You know, with uh, Lady Mariah Gray and uh, Charles Pope. Like, are That's they? What at I all? was,
0: I was like halfway through the episode. I was trying to figure out if they were gonna play into it.
1: Yeah, because you'd think they'd have some family going on, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the, the outcome of that whole fight and everything, she's alive, alive, but he throws that pendant at the wall. He's he's mad, uh, Freddy. And that's a lot of, most of the episode, aside from the one aside that we didn't mention, which is the Duke of Rochester's uh, son.
0: We also didn't talk about the uh, sort of uh, the woman throwing herself in front of the carriage for seemingly, you know, whatever reason. Oh, yeah. What was that about? I really don't know because <laughs> so the whole first half of the episode, Emily is played to be like a bum, like mm-hmm. she's a grump. Then she sees this reverend, who we find out is James Velasquez or Velasquez. James, James Trenchard. Street, Trenchard. Sorry, not Trenchard. Not Trenchard. So ma- I spent so many months ready for John Velasquez to come back, and there's no Velasquez at all.
1: Yeah, that sorry. I
0: need to get the name Velasquez off of my brain before we can move forward trenchard um, <laughs> trenchard so and then all of a sudden when she sees the reverend she's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden chipper and like oh okay Yeah. and she's walking back to the church to contrive a situation to talk to this dude and this woman with like a rag over her head just throws herself in front of a carriage
1: yeah, yeah it just happens and she kind of looks similar to the Duns she looks like she could be related to them Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. She she uh but yeah, she falls in front of uh the carriage and she looks like she needs help.
0: Yep, and then we see they bring her into the church, the reverend comes out and Clara or Clara, uh Emily tries to make a pass and the reverend is like yeah. get out of here. I got it. Maybe yeah. come back in a couple of days. So it seems as though she's just getting swatted away. So Mhm. And hopefully yep. yep. <laughs> I was gonna say hopefully we'll go. this, 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 he softens up to her, or she softens up to yeah. him.
1: Yeah, there there will be some softening, and then I think He'll, it's gonna be yeah. a struggle. We'll see what happens for them. There is some downstairs stuff, but just finishing with the upstairs, the Duke of Rochester's son has seems to be going through some depression. This seems completely unrelated. From yeah, he he can't keep it together. He keeps falling asleep or falling over, passing out, and so Doctor Ellaby is there and he he's looking after. Uh, him and he's told in no uncertain terms by the mother that the, the son needs to be cured. He is the one that's going to carry on the lineage, do you understand? Um, And so, I don't know what this has to do with anything. The only thing I glean from this is that Dr. Elby seems to be the kind of guy who's collecting information about everyone. He knows about the son of the Duke of Rochester. He knows that something went on at the House of the Trenchards. But when, when he walks in to find um, Clara there in bed, for some reason he's beaming. He almost looks like Dr. Nick Rivera from uh, The <laughs> oh, Simpsons. From the, it's
0: like, he, he's a quiet
1: Hi to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, it's Dr. Allaby. Why are you beaming? Why are you so happy to be here in this terribly uh, stressful situation?
0: Well, uh, I'm curious because the Duke and the Duchess of Rochester are so seemingly like social needle movers from the beginning of the episode. And then we see their son bolt into the middle of the road with uh, Cla- uh, Clara sees it and... So I think part of it is supposed to be about the sort of social cover-up that you give. You don't acknowledge the fact that the sun... You know, I think there's a greater mission statement with making yeah, this character. Yeah, I mean, systematically,
1: there's definitely is something there, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a real commentary on the, the system that they're living in. But I think Dr. Dr. Ellerby might just be like the ma- magic uh, therapist doctor who talks to people and gets them to solve their problems if... if the one kid's we'll goal is I, to socialize and go swimming. Then, all I don't trust this doctor, man. I don't trust the doctor. There's a look I in think, his eye. I don't know. I I have. I think he's okay. I think he's on the level. Okay. All right. Or at the at the worst case, he's like the doctor uh, in Poldark, where like he might do one bad thing once, but then he's gonna turn it around.
1: Yeah. Well, the last piece we haven't talked about is just the downstairs. What's your yes. first? Impression of Mister Enright, who's the head of staff downstairs, the Carson of it all, the uh, you know Church or Bannister of it all, Mister Enright, and then Miss Enright
0: too. Yeah, he's married. Wife. Yeah, it it is his wife, the head cook. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a bit of a clear line drawn to Mister Carson and Missus Hughes. Yeah. Um, and he seems, but he's also a little bit more. He's not like fiercely loyal. Like uh, the sequence where Clara asks about Oliver, he's like, "Oh, was he a good? Was he like a good man?" And then writes like thinks for a minute, and he's like, "Oh, was a he was a fine man," you know. <laughs> I well, think. I we mean, we don't. We're not given much, but he seems to be a little less of a company man than Carson.
1: Well, no, I, that's not. I don't agree with that because he does seem to be a bit doting on Frederick. I mean, Miss Enright teases him. Oh, saying, that is like, right. Yeah. What are you going to do without him? You know, your son or whatever. Essentially, you know, uh, that now that he's claimed. And then we see the scene where he's kind of like eavesdropping on that conversation he's having with Clara. You can see his eye. Like I, th- I feel like he keeps a close eye on, on uh, Frederick. So I but do he, think but he is. I think
0: the lack of a of a reverence for his father. I've, well, I think that's more healthy. out
1: of loyalty maybe towards Frederick too. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: that's I'm that. okay. I, I'm okay with that right. He seems like a little bit like too plain for me right now, but I think the ones that we got to yeah. talk about are uh
1: Incredible head of hair too. I'll say that.
0: Oh yeah, great white man. white old man hair. Mhm. But we so we meet Davison and she knows Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. And we don't exactly the- know how
1: I, I, who's Fletcher is he supposed to be like the the male like um, footman for, for uh, he's a valid yeah valid do we see him because I don't see him upstairs I don't recall seeing mm-hmm. him upstairs but uh, Davison knows him from the past and he's like should I leave because you're gonna tell everyone about my sordid past and she's like you were 15 what they did to you was inhumane and you know no one should have to know about that. It's like, I feel like I already know more than I want to know about this guy. <laughs> and, yeah, and this she, is obviously not going to be the last we hear about it.
0: And she says the thing, like, you can change your look and you can change your accent, but I know those eyes. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We got a Baudin situation going on now. He's got a different accent he's somewhere. <laughs> and he's not. It's like he's oh, from Wachita. So... Don't do this to us. <laughs> don't, don't hit these yeah. beats.
1: It's a little familiar. Even the one downstairs person, uh, Maud, Maudey. Is literally just a insert for for Daisy or uh, any of the young uh, curious. Uh, yeah, because she's asking questions of like, why is uh, Davison here, <laughs> and what about or, or or no what or what does uh, Miss uh, what Clara look like and all this stuff and it's like why are you asking so many questions, girl, because <laughs> uh, you are that stock character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Just only bare bones of what we know about these characters downstairs. But that's... Uh, that's the episode.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And, and I don't, just I don't, think it's, sake, I don't think it's a bad episode. I think there's a lot of moving pieces, and this is the one that really has to be the connective tissue from the Belgravia, which is a generation different than this one. So... Mm-hmm it's a lot of connecting dots that I think now that they're connected next week, I might be able to just sit and enjoy yeah. it.
1: And, and there is a, a mention of like the Rothschild's uh, fortune in this episode. Belgrave, the next chapter takes place in uh, 1871, I believe is, is what I'm seeing online. So we are literally within a decade of the Gilded Age. So mm-hmm. who knows if they're <laughs> eventually one day, if the show got popular enough, trying to work an inroad to that. Um, Something
0: tells me, uh, no.
1: Yeah. No, we know the, not, di- the hype train
0: enough. behind the Gilded Age and the hype train b- b- behind Belt Gravy are two very different vehicles.
1: Yeah, different type of railway investments. Uh, so I think this was a solid opener. It wasn't the most, like, upbeat or exciting episode. So, I, again, in terms of attracting an audience, it's going to be that real core, um, you know, Anglophile crowd that really just eats this stuff up. I think that's going to be tuning into this. Not getting any kind of people who want that kind of soapiness that you get out of the Gilded Age. And this is
0: certainly soapy, but I think it's really lacking that hook.
1: Yeah, it's a slow burn. And I, and
0: sure. I think the big problem was John Velasquez was dynamite last season. And we yeah. had Wilkinson, rest in peace. We had a real anchor of a, of a name. Mm-hmm. Susan and Oliver were interesting. Like, you could have done a straight Belgravia season two, and it would have been a okay.
1: And that's one of the baffling things to me is you got Alice Eve to come back, uh, and they've granted they've tried to age her up. She they put some makeup on her, but like that's literally the biggest name here. I don't recognize any of these other actors except for Ellerby. Yeah. I've seen Ellerby and other stuff, but like, why not put her on the poster for for Belgravia in the next chapter? I, I guess if they really are trying to do the next chapter. It's for the best to not feature people from the last chapter. But still, that's where most mechanisms I don't know. Downton
0: Abbey does a new era, and everyone is the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they literally have people in the corners of the, the poster and everything. Uh,
0: well, let's get to this power ranking.
1: I will say one last thing about the poster, oh, though. Is sure. it, it is Clara and uh, Frederick at the center. So you would think that they, uh, they end up happily together. But we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, let, let's get to the power rankings. Who do you got going down? number three going down i got fletcher okay. uh he's got a secret we don't know what it is but obviously why bring it up now unless it's going to come back so this guy is up for uh, some bad business to happen to, to him don't know what it is exactly but it's, it's not going to get better
0: okay i think i mean maybe it will okay. i got uh i got frederick on at number number three uh huh. Because there's just so much going on in his head, and I I kept saying yeah. it the whole time. These guys need therapy. This guy just needs a two or three sessions with a the therapist. Work out this daddy issues stuff. That is true. And it, like he can't be happily married. He he he's like a worst nightmare husband as of right now. He's he's mm-hmm. out of control. So yeah, but not a, not a great ending of an episode one for him.
1: Sure. Well, at number two going down, I got Clara. She's trapped in this marriage. That she's not happy about. She fell down the stairs, and yeah, Frederick is just a loser. So, hopefully, it turns back around for her. But I feel for Clara, man. This is not exact, not at all what she had bought into when she married this man. Mm-hmm. So she's going down this week at number two for me.
0: Well, similarly, I got I got Clara's sister, Emily, at number two because this episode does no favors in trying to paint her like a relatable, nice human. It spends the first. Chunk of the episode saying she's a miserable sort of spinster shrew sister, mm-hmm. and then when they kind of flip her and make her uh, a love interest, she just bungles that immediately. Well, I mean, does does she bungle it? He will. She's he talk- pat. He he tells her to kick rocks. He tells her to go home. I got this. He's talk- when she's he, like, Do "You want about- me to stick around?" and she, he's like, "No, don't." But it's a reference. Leave. she's talking to. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Reverend okay. Forte kept asking Aunt Ada to go out. Uh,
1: that is true. Well, for me, number one going down is Frederick. This guy is just a drip. He's got nothing going on for him. He's got no charisma. All he's got is his money and his name, and that's not even a guarantee because he's not biologically the, the son of the bloodline. So, uh, Frederick, you're a bit of a loser, brother. You got to do a lot of work to to get good.
0: Okay. Well, I had to take my one shot while I could take my one shot. Okay. We got a couple flashbacks, but we got to kick Oliver in the head one last time. Sure. Because we see everything that is Fred's problem is because mm-hmm. Oliver is an insecure little brat. And we saw in the little five-minute last time on Belgravia. It reminded us that this dude stinks. Yeah. And he was a terrible father, and his life was miserable. And it seems like he probably died miserable. So, you know... Hope, you're, hope hope he's rolling around in his grave very uncomfortably.
1: Yep. Well, who you got going up, Dave?
0: This might be a little controversial, but I think I got Clara at number three. There was not okay. that many moving parts this week. And I think Clara's good and her good intentions outweigh her current, you know, how she literally ends the episode. Like, All right. I mean,
1: yeah she's a beacon of light. You hope for the best she, for her. She's, she she's moves on
0: lightful. up in the world. There's no denying that, and there's no denying that Fred is trying, and she likes him when he's on.
1: Yeah, when he's on. But that that can flip like that to being off with him. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Who do you got going up? But uh, number three, I got Doctor Ellerby. This guy is in the room where things happen. He knows what's up with the sure. the Duke's son. He knows what's going on with this marriage, that it seems odd that she retired to her room and then came back out to fall back down. (coughs) Ellery's got some information. Okay. He's got the upper hand, I'm telling you.
0: Well, number two, I got the Reverend James. Okay. This guy seems like he, he means well, but whatever caused the break between him and his brother, he's trying to repair it. He's doing yep. his job well. He's beloved. He's making the good sermons. And then we see that he's doing the right stuff and the girls are flocking to him and he's pushing them away without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. He's got a gift he doesn't even know he has. Yeah. And he's infinitely more... Like, we talk about how Frederick is, has a weird beard and weird hair and is not that mm-hmm. charismatic. The reverend is, like, good-looking He's charming. Well, Flippy flappy, and we're good. Well, I think it's intentional though though. I mean, that's
1: mm-hmm. the thing. He's got it all going for him. Aside from being a reverend, this guy has got the looks, he's he's got the name. He should be it, but he's not. And that probably infuriates Frederick. We see it, and I think it's a good casting on their part. All right. Uh well, number two, I got the marquee De Dayton neck. <laughs> she uh-huh. comes through and she just lets everyone know, I got the money. I'm in town. I mean business. Y'all should get to know me. And hey, you're a chump, Frederick. Bye-bye. Hey, Claire, what's up? <laughs> you're cool. Yeah. It's so the marquee, man. She, she's something. She's so got I the dollar her, slot here.
0: I got her at number one. Because oh, she okay. comes in like a bat out of hell. And she not Absolutely. only... She says the line to the old old dudes that she says, I want to come to your club and I want to drink whiskey with you. And she is so superior to them financially and in, in her status that they're just like oh yep yep they're totally yep. and aw- awestruck by her mm-hmm. and i think she has all the juice right now that's fair that is fair well
1: i'm going the opposite uh, of you dave i got number one oliver trencher this man <laughs> has got so much juice. He, he We thought he was done after, this la- after the first season because he was such a loser. His dad wanted him to just kind of soak and be happy with Susan. This dude left a scar and a mark on his son that has lasted for decades. And, and literally, I mean, he reasserted himself as the, the man of the house, appears, after the, the first season of Belgrave, for better or worse. And uh, yeah, man, I, I didn't know Oliver had it in him. I didn't I I thought he was just we I would forget about him that'd be it but no man he's back in full effect. He's bad news but th- he's got that power. He, it, well, he's not back Fred in full effect. <laughs> he, he is just, the
0: the generational trauma he's inflicted. His,
1: his son can't get things done cuz of his father.
0: Well, what I mean ultimately I think that's bad because <laughs> cuz Fred is the one inheriting the family
1: yeah, oh, that's bad for Frederick, absolutely, but not for Oliver, Oliver don't care, <laughs> he's yeah, gone.
0: Oliver, you, you think he's happily rolling, dancing around in his grave that his son can't get it going with his wife. He could, he might be, we don't know,
1: he says I'm, he's I'm you right. know, he's he got a rotten, he's rotten to the core, he, that's what he tells his son, no one will love him, and so, there you have it, Oliver, he's back, Deal with it, folks. It's a New Year. It's next chapter, Belgravia. We're going to cover next week. Episode. So one two. character
0: that we didn't need back is back. Hey, can we get
1: train him out for Wilkinson? Can we get Wilkinson back from the grave? Come on.
0: I mean, I, I don't wish death on anyone.
1: No, no, I'm not saying that at all, at all either. Don't. Well, I'd ra- I would.
0: I guess I would rather have Oliver back than than that that charisma suck that was Pope.
1: Yeah who has not acted again much at all since that first season and may never be seen again. Who knows? All right. Yeah, uh, well, Well, let's move on from this show. Dave, what else have you been watching, man?
0: Well, I went to see a movie, and mm. when I was on my way home, one of our listeners who, I don't know if she, one of our old OG Downton listeners yeah. sent me a DM and said, Oh my God, I just saw the same movie, and it was the Iron Claw—the new Zac oh, Efron, yeah. Jeremy Allen White, and mm-hmm. our dear friend who called us out by our first names, Lily James. Uh, oh, oh yeah, she's in that movie. Yeah, and she—you know—she said you guys need to talk about this, and I—it—it it was a—it was a real punch in the gut.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a I, great I do movie. Want to see the movie, it's good.
0: It is, a I mean, you have to see it. It's a wrestling movie that's competently made, very yeah. well performed, and effective. Like, I think mm-hmm. it is a very, it, I mean, I'm, I think it is worthy of its release in the calendar year. It's like, some of the actors should be getting nods that they're not getting. I mean, I don't think yeah. there's any, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman-level performances in here, but they are, Efron and um, Jeremy Allen White are great, and the dad is great, Holt McNally
1: yeah I heard the the movie was maybe potentially released almost too late in the year that it's kind of getting overlooked uh, by mm-hmm. a lot of the awards organizations but yeah no I do definitely do want to check that out I was thinking about checking it out today but it was like 10 a.m I don't know if I'm ha- not a to not your watch day. That at 10 a.m <laughs> no don't want to spend a day on on that path because i'm I'm familiar with the story but yeah we'll definitely check it out and we can discuss it more
0: yeah that'll be something for the patreon feed I mean that yeah. we're, we're in Belgravia mode for a while so yep what about you, Corey? Think,
1: Are you watching anything good? Uh, I watched all of Echo on Disney Plus against my my. You watched judgment. all of it? It's like five, but it, it, they do the thing on Disney Plus where it's like 50 minutes, but 10 minutes of every episode is credits. Like it's okay. really like a half hour. Uh, and also, it was like background TV. Like it wasn't very imminently watchable. It's just all background stuff. And I kept pushing pause and picking up and watching it and pushing pause. It's just not a good show. It just. It's not good. <laughs> I, their Marvel's just off, man. Like, it just doesn't hold together and add up to much of anything. And it does the, the same thing that I think is just so, I don't know. It, it's not good for culture, where you know you have a, a person of uh, color and uh, who's uh, representative of the the deaf uh, community because they do a lot of ASL in this, which is awesome to see and, and and it's heartening that they they've done all that and everything. But then instead of like. Just making that like things about them, it's like, oh no, they get superpowers too because of their otherness, and it's like, Mm -hmm. can't they just be, you know, Spider Man or just be like, you know, Wolverine? Like, why does it have to be like only the people of color can have these powers, and we gotta keep the other stuff for white people? You know, it's always. Well, Daredevil's white. He's blind. Right, right. Can they just make Daredevil, you know, Native American? Like, wh- why not? You know, wh- why don't they do that more often? Instead, you know, you're Native American, you get these powers because that's how we do things here. You're Shang-Chi, you get these ancient powers because you're this. It's like, come on, think bri- bigger. You, you had it right the first time when you had Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. You know,
0: just. There you go. That's what Re- you got to do. Respect to the dead.
1: Uh, but it just doesn't add up to much. But it's a short watch, so. You can knock it out in like a couple days. It's so short.
0: Okay. I probably won't. I'm so far behind
1: on the marvel of it all TV. Oh, I didn't even watch Loki. I'm not even gonna bother with that. I didn't
0: I watched I watched two was... and I was like, this is there's too many timelines and good. things spinning around and key key hui quan or whatever from yeah. everything everywhere. King. Can't yeah can't elevate this to a point where it makes sense to me and makes it fun.
1: Nope. <sighs> alright well that wraps this week we'll be back again next week to talk more about Gravia the next chapter until then you know where to find us all of our episodes are on our Podbean website anywhere you where you get your podcasts leave us a 5 star rating or reviews on Spotify, iTunes wherever you can find us on Facebook, Instagram Twitter uh, LordsGrantham at gmail.com and we also have our Patreon as we had mentioned and yes we will see you next week on the pod thank you very much hey.